with the 32nd pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Good evening, everyone. Fran Duffy and C-Mac here from our hotel room in Mobile, Alabama. That's right. Final night in town as the practices for the 2019 Senior Bowl presented by Reese's have come to a close. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast. And uh, Fran, what a week it's been. It has been. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been different from any other week that I've ever been down here just because of the rain and the weird practice right in the middle and, uh, you know, just some changes. But uh, overall, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been a productive week. I'm excited to kind of put a ribbon on it. It's been eye-opening for me. And I will admit to some initial impressions of players I had earlier in the week that have drastically changed throughout the course of seeing the practices unfold. It because happens. for for across the board it was my first impression of seeing these guys sure. play. And so guys who flashed on Tuesday, those first practices, all of a sudden you get this sense of like, man, you know, there's some There's something there. Tan- there's some, you know, tangible traits there to work with. They show some good stuff on the practice field. You're like, all right, this guy must be a player. And by the end, and, you know, there are guys that I discussed in the uh, mock draft podcast that we did yesterday with Tony Pauline. Which seems like forever ago. It really does. Well, the, the thing it's been is. Two very long days. It has been a couple of long days. But, you know, this morning, so one of the benefits of being here, not just seeing them up close, but you can watch the All-22. Yep. Uh, they have a special exo suite in the Players Hotel where, you know, if you want to, you can take the time to spend and review the the practice film of the day so fran i got to go into your world a little bit uh this how was morning. that it was scary it was, it was <laughs> no no it's 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 a lot to take in it's you know it's i'm just asking questions and picking your brain and trying to learn along and just kind of being a, a fly on the wall so to speak there because you were in your element in your zone with the clicker um you know it's like my 11th finger <laughs> I mean, it's it's, but it's great to. I mean, because you know the ins and outs. I mean, a lot of reporters and analysts, you know, don't have access to all twenty-two, so they're looking at this stuff for the first time. It, it just provides it's such a different perspective, and it's just so much easier because you're watching practice and you're trying to take in everything at once and try to recall, you know, who flashed, who did this, who did that, and then you watch the all twenty-two, and it's like you can, you know, see the finite traits up close and personal to be able to have a better picture of how players are performing. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the conversation I had with Pat Stewart on the podcast back mm-hmm. on Monday's show where, you know, when you're trying to watch practice, it's it's impossible to take in everything. It's it's why the scouts, you know, the teams all assigned scouts. I mean, every team here had a huge a sort, you know, a huge allotment of scouts and evaluators here. I mean, it was it wasn't like oh, they sent one or two scouts. It's each team and their value and their departments are rolling five, six, seven deep, and each of those guys are going to pick one position and they're going to hone in on that position mm-hmm. during the full day of practice. And then, uh, you know, they'll be able to report back and they can give a feeling at the end of every day. All right, how did this position group do? Because it's just so hard to be able to take everything in. You know, just going by drill by drill. I mean, you're taking in 
you know, one play here, one play there. And if you saw the guy's two best plays of the day and he was trashed the rest of the day, then, you know, your feeling might be skewed from what it was in reality. So Certainly. Uh, it's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, is, is this a sad day for you? Because is your last opportunity to see 11 on 11 football, actual football. You'll watch the. I guess you could watch. You'll watch the game on Saturday, but in terms of being around it, this is really it for. It's. Uh, it was a realization that occurred to me right before uh, I interviewed Joe Douglas, and that'll and that interview will air uh, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com this week. Uh, this is it. This is you know the last time we're going to see all these guys in pads before, obviously, outside of Saturday's game, and mm-hmm. you know you'll see workouts and the combine and you know stuff like that. There's plenty of tape to still go through and watch, but. This is the last chance we're going to see these guys uh, strap the pads on before they hit rookie camp. Oh, shed a tear. Shed a tear. That's right. So, on today's episode, uh, we have pick six. Speaking of uh, uh, going through the prospects who have helped their cause the most, Tony Pauline from DraftAnalyst.com. He joins Fran. It's a video segment which uh, was recorded separately. Uh, but they select their six players who help their draft stock the most this week. Not necessarily the six best players, but the six players who took advantage of the week here in Mobile, Alabama. Our unofficial visit will be with Alabama State offensive tackle Titus Howard, one of the small school prospects who I think certainly helped his cause here. May or may not have been on the list. Possibly. Uh, your questions in our draft mailbag to round things out. But remember, if you're a fan of the podcast, if you're checking this out for the first time, you know, the action is just heating up. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Any questions you leave for us there, they're going to be answered. So make sure you get them in. And uh, we have plenty of good ones to get to here in the mailbag. But first up is going to be our draft buzz where we're going to go through our practice players of the week. Now it's time for draft buzz. All right, friends. So we figured. You know, you and Tony later in the show are going to talk about the players who help themselves the, themselves the most. So why don't we take a position by position overview? And it's similar to what the Senior Bowl is going to do. As as of this recording, the practice players of the week have yet to be announced. Yep. Um, but certainly, current Eagles like Carson Wentz, Lane Johnson, they've won the practice players of the week awards. I believe Carson yeah. was the overall practice player of the week. So. Uh, Lane Johnson certainly for the offensive line. Uh, back in 2013, so I believe Bra- was Brandon Graham, or was he the MVP of the game? He was MVP of the game. Okay, back in uh, 2010, long, long time ago. Feels like. Um, so basically, we'll do the same format. We'll do our best player overall the week, and then we'll go through the different positions and talk about you know who shine and who would be in in the running for for these awards from sure. our standpoint. And by the time you download and listen to this, the actual list will be out, so you can compare and contrast. So I like it. So first up, I guess uh, you want to just go up best player overall. I think we got to start there because then you know when we get to that player's position, uh, we can explain why he's not the one that we're picking. Fair enough. Okay, uh, I'll start things off here, and for me, again, I'm going to couch this as I don't think he's going to be the first player drafted. Correct. But I think he was the most impressive player on the field this week, and I think that that carries through for all the other categories as well. Certainly, yes. Uh, to me, Debo Samuel, a favorite of yours going into Senior Bowl week, yep. I thought shined you know, throughout all the practices. Um, tremendous explosive off, off the line of scrimmage. 
was every time he lined up, you felt a big play was going to come in his direction. I certainly think he was a standout player. I, I there maybe we'll get into the other receivers, but I feel like there was clear separation between he and the other receivers here. But I just felt like of all the players here in Mobile, Alabama, he's the one who took his game to another level this week. So let me ask you. Okay. Having watched him now for a week, mm-hmm. what kind of receiver do you think he – like what role do you think he plays at the next level? I would say slot receiver okay. to me. I think he's someone who, again, quick and shifty, um, you know, brings you that suddenness, that explosiveness, uh, someone you could – work in in a variety of ways like he's someone who I could see in this Eagles offense being a guy who can take jet sweeps and reverses um could he be an outside receiver I think he could be yes um but certainly if if I were to say like where can he thrive I think the slot would be the the probably his best role yeah I would agree he's so good after the catch too like we haven't seen too much of that this week Mm -hmm. just because you know you Especially in like live tackling drills, you know, he's very difficult to bring to the ground. Uh, it's one of the things that made him a great returner throughout the course of his career at South Carolina. Uh, whether it was punt return, kick return, I mean, he's lightning with the ball in his fast. He or the, with the ball in his hands, he's fast. He's physical. Um, you know, we know that about the frame as well. He, he's. I agree with you. To me, he was the best player here this week. You were much focused in on the receivers from that side than I was, but mm-hmm. it seemed like every time I turned, he was making plays, and I know. Uh, you know, while I'm watching one side, you're watching the other uh, of the field. I'll hear, you know, the you know the fans cheer or crowd. You know, you kind of hear a buzz in the crowd, and you hear, you know, and I'll turn to you and I'll say, "Who just made a play?" And he'll say, "Debo again, yeah, Debo again, Debo again." <laughs> um, you know, it, he was to me. It seemed like he was all over the field. Stood out on film when we went back and watched, uh, you know, in the film room over the course of the week. So yep. uh, to me, Debo, I agree, Debo, the the top player here this week. Also, especially. Because uh, he's not the biggest receiver here, certainly. And red zone was the focal point for his team's practice today. And he was thriving. In yep. fact, the very first rep, it was red zone one-on-one, uh, you know, corners against receivers. And he was lined up against Lonnie Johnson of Kentucky. Big kid. Big kid. And they've got a little rivalry going this week. Fun to watch. And Debo just beat him right off and got to the corner for a touchdown, hauled it in. Uh, scored a number of times, not just in that, but seven on seven and team drills. So, you know, you look at him and you're thinking, okay, you know, he's a guy who's going to, you know, thrive between the 20s. It's like, no, he showed that he can win, you know, with his quickness in the red zone as well. So certainly that will help his value when trying to evaluate him moving forward. Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms of other players that could have gotten top player, we'll – We'll, we'll hit on, hit on that yeah. for the rest of these uh, previews. If there's a guy that you or I feel you know was worthy of that designation, maybe we'll uh, we'll hit on him in the next few minutes. All right, so let's go to the quarterback position. Okay, sure. and the top two guys here, I feel like it's clear: Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, and we talked about them on the mock draft podcast yesterday. We went through our first round. Uh, definitely give it a listen. You know, we we try to pair each player to teams based on needs and. Uh, that was a fun exercise. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And it was actually good. It would be good. Uh, I actually was talking to one of our scouts about that exercise today in between practices, and he said he would be intrigued for you to take that list and then compare it to where these guys actually get selected. Sure. Just because when you look at all the underclassmen who are going to come into of the course. picture, I mean, you know, not a ton of these guys are going to be – there will be a good handful who are first-round selections. Yep. There are a lot of good players – 
but not the cream of the crop, I would say, in this draft class. But definitely, I think you're looking at Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, our top two quarterbacks coming out of this year. Yeah. But I, I don't know if either was, was, for me, the practice player of the week. Yeah, I think, you know, and especially, you know, honestly, you know, we're just being frank, this goes back to what we said earlier. We weren't like honed in, super honed in Correct. on quarterback performances. We weren't trying to study, you know, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke and the rest of these guys. But it seemed like the guy that showed up each day that had a couple of big time throws, in my mind, mm-hmm. was Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, yeah. who was a, a impressive natural arm talent. Um, this was an area where I would have hoped that he would shine. I've said numerous times before in, in other in other platforms that um, you know I think to me the game on Saturday is going to be more important for Jared Stidham because uh, I want to see how he operates. You know, you know when live bullets are flying under pressure in that pro style system. Uh, you know how is he going to look when there's bodies around him? I mean that was a, an issue for him at Auburn without quite when he was under pressure. I didn't think that he thrived. So that's an area where I'd like to see that. Um, but it seemed like you know he he threw it around. He he slung it around this week. So I'm excited uh, to go back and watch more of the film as well, uh, and just see how he did. You know, especially in the game. Like I said, I'm excited to see what he looks like Saturday. For me, I actually had a couple throws, especially Tuesday, some earlier today. Uh, Gardner Minshew from Washington State, okay. who caught my attention. I thought he was good at developing rapport with the receivers quickly, which was certainly a challenge. For the quarterbacks here, uh, in any situation like this, and again, you're not always going to judge the accuracy because you know that the timing and all that stuff is, you know, you're you're trying to develop that over months and weeks and things of that nature, and of you're trying to do it on the spot. Uh, but I thought he he took some chances, threw a ball in some tight windows. Um, Gardner Minshew was someone who stood out to me. I, I will give my practice player of the week from the quarterback spot to him. Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give mine to Stidham. There we go. So there's your quarterback position. Running back. So because of injuries, some turnover yep. here during the course of the week. And it's not a – we've talked about it's not a tremendous class here. And I feel like some of the drills – you actually got to watch the one drill because when we were initially talking about, you know, the awards, I was like, I really didn't watch the pass protection drills. That's something you focus on. And that's almost who I would want to know. one of my favorite drills. Yeah. I love it. Um because, you know, typically during the drills, you know, nine on seven, things of that nature, I'm watching, the, you know, the line of scrimmage play more so than the running backs. Um, so from the pass protection standpoint, who stood out to you? Who, who would you give your practice player of the week award at the running back position? I'd give it to Karen Higdon. And, and I would have, if you had said, okay, who's going to be the practice player of the week at running back, I would have guessed it would have been Karen mm-hmm. Higdon. Even though Dexter Williams, I think, has higher upside, even though I'd say Raquel Armstead from Temple has higher upside. Um, to me, Karen Higdon was excellent in pass protection, uh, which he was at Michigan. He's probably one of the best pass protectors in this class at the running back spot. He ran hard as well, um, which was good to see throughout the course of the week. But to me, uh, I'm going to go with Karen Higdon as the practice player of the week at running back. I would say Tony Pollard uh, you know, had some flashes, but, but to me, I thought I'm going with Higdon. It seems like I agree with you when you talk about Dexter Williams and Tony Pollard. Like, There's more explosiveness from those guys. Um, with Higdon, I thought he ran hard throughout yep. the course of the week. Um, and he looked like a guy who you could immediately fit into a running back rotation here. Definitely. In the NFL. So I'm good with that one as okay. well. So, like it. so Higdon from Michigan, your running back practice player of the week. Wide receiver, we've talked about Debo Samuel. But there were some other good players here. And I think a player who emerged 
And apparently, reportedly, he wasn't the top pick from this his own school to come here to the Senior Bowl. But this is Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Yes. It was Paris Campbell was a player who you've written about in your Saturday scouting column. You know, reports indicated that the Senior Bowl wanted him to come. You know, McLaurin comes instead. But he's someone who runs the full route tree, um, brings good size, was consistent through all the couple of days of practice. Um, I, I would give my wide receiver practice player of the week award to Terry McLaurin of Ohio State. You are reading my mind. That's uh, that's the direction I went as well. And I think when you look at McLaurin, so, 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 so polished uh, against press coverage, did a really good job as a route runner, um, was getting guys uh, shaken out of their shoes throughout the course of the week as a route runner, made some nice catches in contested situations. Um, to, I, w- I was very impressed with Terry McLaurin. Now, I think you got to couch it a little bit. We're not talking about a guy that I think is a future number one receiver, not a guy that I think will be a top 50 pick. No. Uh, I think Paris Campbell will get drafted ahead of him. That being said, he's gonna have a, he had a great week of practice this week. We'll mm-hmm. see what he does in the game Saturday. Every report I've heard from every person I've talked to is that he's going to test like a freak uh, at the combine, that he's going to be outstanding in all the, in all the tests. He's going to be a rock star uh, at the combine. So, now you're starting to point it, and you say, okay, like you had a great senior bowl week. He's a great kid. He's a great special teamer. He's got size. Um, he's going to test well. Like you're now, you're start, the only thing you're missing now is that he wasn't very productive in that offense. And there were a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, you know, it was a run first offense with a first year starter at quarterback. Um, despite his talent, obviously Haskins, you know, not a not a perfect passer right now. So I think when you look at uh, at McLaren, it's going to be okay. What are we looking at in terms of draft stock? At the end of the day, I think you're you're probably looking at it like a late dupe, late day two pick <laughs> yeah, like, at the, the at the best. Yeah, you know, at best, I think that's really what you're looking. Probably more of an early day three guy. Okay, and I've I I think you and I have said to me like the role that he plays is similar to like what Mac Hollins is yes. for the Eagles. Like you know. Dynamite, special teamer, high floor. You know you feel good about him at the very worst being a number four receiver for your team with upside to be you know a number two, number three type of weapon. Certainly. I agree with that completely. Um, other guys who stood out, I like Travis Fulgham from Old Dominion. I thought he had a real strong day. He was one of my standout players of the day okay. on Thursday. And he had we saw uh, on film he had one of the best routes Wednesday at practice. Um, Toe drag swag. Yeah, it was great. And uh, Penny Hart. From Georgia State would You're be big on him. Uh, would be a guy for me at, uh, watching Wednesday's practice. Uh, he was outstanding as a route runner uh, in one on ones. He's explosive, probably the fastest receiver here. Um, has the ability to get on top of people, but really twitchy as a route runner as well. He is one of those redshirt juniors who graduated, so uh, was able to to come and play in this game. I thought Penny Hart really helped himself. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other receivers that. Uh, Tyree least, Brady from Marshall. Tyree Brady looked good all week. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't super flashy, but no. but did everything you would have asked for yeah. uh, all week long. I would agree with that. Uh, Jacoby Myers, NC State. Yeah, but like if I'm going in and saying, okay, uh, who exceeded expect my own personal expectations coming into the week? Jacoby Myers is on the short list of guys to me that looked better in person than they did on tape in my eyes. Um, just going through the list. I thought Andy Isabella was fine. I thought Keelan Doss had some flashes this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched a lot of the receivers, so I'm, I'm kind of going through here. You have Jalen Smith from Louisville. You've got Alex Wesley from Northern Colorado, who I thought was okay. 
We t- we talked about like Hunter Deep. Renfro. Like Hunter Renfro, you can see what his role is going to be. Yep, next easy, level, easy transition. Uh, Gary Jennings hadn't didn't watch Gary Jennings. Showed some juice this week. Yeah, saw on film. You know, he's got the ability to get on top of people. Um, David Sills, I thought, had some good flashes. Had a really nice catch uh, in red zone one on ones this week where he went up and over a guy. Um, to me, I'm just I'm just so impressed with David Sills because of that combination of size, movement, and ball skills. You know, and I think that there's something to work with there. Not a perfect player. You and I watched on film that you know he he needs to get better at getting off press coverage. His route running still has a ways to go. Um, so not a plug and play type of player, but a very interesting developmental type. Uh, and then lastly, Anthony Johnson as well from Buffalo. All right, so those are your wide receivers. So Terry McLaurin, yes, our that's practice. our guy. Player of the week at the position again. Debo Samuel from South Carolina is our overall yes practice player of the week. So that's why we don't talk about Samuel there. Tight end. I'm gonna be honest. It's another position like quarterback. I wasn't spending too much attention on, but I also didn't feel like there were a lot of a lot of the drills where I saw that they could really stand out. Mm. Um, so a couple of guys who made notable plays throughout the course of the week. Um, I thought Drew Sample, uh, Drew Sample out of Washington. Was a is a player who, I think is your was a classic West Coast, uh, has some catching ability. Um, he's not going to be, you know, a Travis Kelsey type, you know, vertical threat, not an explosive athlete. The position um, brings some blocking to the table as well. So, yep. you know, certainly a, a, you know a nice role player from that standpoint. Uh, Foster Moreau had a beautiful catch, a nice diving catch in the back of the end zone. Um, to actually cap off uh, red zone drills today in the final day of practice. Uh, and he was interesting because he was more of a blocker at LSU, so you were wondering if you could see some of that uh, pass-catching prowess. Um, Utah State's uh, Dax Raymond, um, I thought had some flashes throughout the course of the week. So uh, if I'm going to – my vote, I'm going to go with Drew Sample. You know, again, thought did a lot of the little things correctly throughout the course of the week, but – uh, again, not a position where I was like totally entrenched because you have Zach Ertz, you have Dallas Goddard. You know that's the, the Eagles are very set. Not that they won't take a tight end per se, but I think they could. I think it's possible that they could actually. Um, but that's a different story. Yeah, I agree. I I went with Sample as my guy okay. for this week, um, but it was tough because I actually did watch a good amount of tight ends and. Uh, Sample had good flashes. Uh, as a blocker, I thought he did a really good job. I thought Foster Moreau was really good as a blocker as well. Not that I expected any different from those two guys because they're two of the better blockers that I've studied so far in this class. I thought both did a really good job as, as route runners. The other guy, and, and this was tough because in theory, I probably could have said that he was my practice player at running back because he was listed as a fullback. Uh, and that's Trevon Wesco yes. from West Virginia. But I think at the end of the day, he is, he's an H-back type of player. I mean, he's going to be – he's 6'3", 270. He can line up outside. He can do some different things. So uh, I will say that, you know, if we're going to count him in with the tight ends because that's how I'm going to list him personally, uh, I think he could have been in contention for this as well. I would agree. I, I really was not considering Wesco, and he was – Pleasant surprise because, first and foremost, when you look at his body type, he does not look like he's 270 pounds. No, he doesn't. He carries it well. Not at all. So, he carries it very well. But there were a couple times where, like, you were kind of like, who's that? I was like, oh, that's the fullback Wesco H-back from West Virginia. So, that's a good call that you can include him in the mix here as well. So Yeah, I think when when you look at those three guys, like, those were the three at tight end. You know, and I came in very, very high on Josh Oliver. I thought Oliver didn't look bad. But to me, the other three really stood, stood out. Stood out more. So, 
All right, so Drew Sample going to yep. be our practice player of the week. I keep wanting to say practice squad. keeps coming to mind. So I have to keep saying practice player of the week at tight end. So offensive line. This was a tough one. This is a tough one. Okay. So because there are a number of players who had a lot to prove this week, um, some under-the-radar names, you know, guys like Titus Howard, um, who we're going to have our unofficial visit with later on in the show, Andre Dillard from Washington State. Uh, for me, it's a player who you're, you're a fan of. I know you're going to be talking about him. I don't know if he's your practice player of the week at the, along the offensive line, but Chuma Idoga from USC uh, is going to be my pick as someone who um, thrived on the outside, outside tackle, um, showed quick feet, um, looks like he could play the part in the NFL. And I think it's largely because he wasn't a guy who was um, really on, on, on notice, I think, coming into this week. I think mm. he was someone who I, I think uh, helped his stock tremendously. So uh, I'll go with Idoga as my practice player of the week along the offensive line. I, I, like, the, uh, I like the pick there. It, to me, it came down to like three or four guys. It was Idoga. Uh, it was um, – from Washington State, Andre Dillard. Yep. It was Titus Howard, mm-hmm. and after that, there were a few other. I mean, there were a few guys, man, that I that were just maybe they weren't in, in play for this award, but like like Nate Davis, I thought was was really good from Charlotte this week. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris Lindstrom from Boston College was Lindstrom really was someone who week. who I considered, yeah, because yeah. I think he he's one who has just been rock solid, steady, but like nothing flashy. But sure, uh, Javon Pat- Javon Patterson, Ole Miss. Really impressive throughout the course of this week. Elton Jenkins, Mississippi State, I thought had a really good week. Jenkins is another one who comes to mind, yep. Yep. Um, Max Sharping looked good at times. Uh, Dalton Reisner looked pretty good at times. Garrett Bradbury had his moments. Uh, Michael Dieter had his moments. Kayla McGarry had his moments. I mean, it, it was uh, – we talked about it coming in, that offensive line was one of the strengths of Certainly. this game. Uh, and I think that that carried through. I think a lot of those guys uh, had really good weeks of practice. That being said, okay. my pick will be Titus Howard. Um, oh, look at that. I was very, very impressed with him. Uh, looked very comfortable in pass protection. Looked strong as well. Didn't get rocked when a, a guy got inside his pads. We'll say a little bit of a scary moment today. Uh, did get injured, and he didn't practice the rest of the day, but he was out there. He didn't, like, leave practice mm-hmm. or anything like that. So sounds like it's nothing too serious. My guess is that would probably keep him from playing on Saturday. Depending on what it is. Depending but... on what it is, but – um, you know, I'm sure they probably don't want to risk anything. Not there. the worst. Quite honestly, for him in that, that situation, you've proven what you need to prove this week. He he did not look out of place at all. No. And, uh, to me, like Titus Howard, you know, I said coming in, like Andre Dillard is you know my favorite pure tackle. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I, I think you're looking about Titus Howard Woo! as potentially creeping in there, man. I I was oh. I was very, very impressed with him. Yeah, and not that, and again, not that Dillard was like Dillard was good. Like I Dillard was very good. If yes. I had to pick a if I had to pick one B, like it would have been Andre Dillard. Um but Titus Howard was really good. There we go. So Titus Howard, Chume Doga, so I like it. The tackles. The next one was very difficult. <laughs> the D-line. D-line. line. Yeah. So this is edges and interior. Edges, interior, yeah. all all combined. Yes. Because a lot of flashes up and down the board. Agreed. For me, let's see. I, I have two names here, so I'm gonna all right, have let's to. Hear it. So Montez Sweat. Okay. From the edge, would would be my edge player. Okay. Of the week, um, someone who physically looked the part coming into it. 
um, showed wide variety of moves, um, showed good patience in terms of a pass rush plan. Um, certainly, he's going to be one of the highest drafted players out of this entire group here. Uh, I thought he was stellar throughout the course of the week. Okay. Uh, I think my winner, though, is going to be a player who you talked a lot about coming into the week with something to prove. Okay. Someone who, at the end of the week, this could be the guy we're talking about as maybe improving his stock the most, and I think it's Rennell Wren mm. from Arizona State. So good on Tuesday. Was able to, and you know, not today. He's one of my mm. stand-up players for today as well. Able okay. to get penetration uh, in the interior line. Um, able to wreak havoc in the middle there. Um, just consistently disruptive. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to say Rennell Wren is going to be my practice player of the week along the defensive good line. Good pick. Um, certainly was in consideration for me. I was really go- going like back and forth with this because I knew all day that we were going to do this. So I've been thinking about a couple of the positions and uh, defensive line was tough. I mean, in, in no order. Like Colin, San- Colin Saunders from Western Illinois. He it would stood be in the conversation. Yes, like uh, to me was the deserving. That. My thing with Saunders is I think he probably had the most highs of the week in terms of flashes. Mm, yep. One thing, and I said this to you during practice, I felt like he was on the he gets on the ground a little too often for yeah. my liking. That's mm. probably one thing to note moving forward. So That, that but, actually might have been in my notes, actually. Now, like, Give me one second. Keep, uh, keep talking. Yeah, certainly. So, so Colin, Colin Sanders was certainly in consideration there from that standpoint. So, you know, we talked about some of the other, you know, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter out of Georgia. He was so good on film, right? I on mean, film was outstanding. Yes, uh, certainly on Isaiah film. Bugs, Alabama, same deal. Yes, um, Dalen Mack is someone Definitely. who, you know, I talked a lot on the podcast yesterday about is someone who, uh, massive player, you know, three hundred and thirty pounds, close to that, um, but you know, it's a wide load, but it's explosive and and certainly has has the talent. Uh, there in the interior, uh, O'Shane Zimenez from Old. Good Dominion. flashes today. Yeah, good flashes today. He was one of your standout players he there. Was. So, um, but yeah, I don't, don't want to be going all. But not my practice player of the week. None still, of them mentioned. We none of the ones we mentioned. Really? Yeah. Is it? Is it your boy? It's not your boy. No, Jalen it's Jelks. not. It's not Jalen Jelks. Okay. Who's who was fine, but not yeah. Jalen Jelks. I'm going off the board, and actually, I made this decision before I asked this. Before I asked a player. But I asked Chuma Adoga, who was Ooh, you know, okay. your, your practice player of the week on the O-line, all right, who's the best defensive lineman you face this week? Okay. He said LJ Collier from TCU. Really? Yep. And t- Collier, every day, made some flash plays, lined up inside and outside, right side, left side. Okay. Um, and just very, very active. Mixed it up on day one. You know, was, was, was just a very, uh, a very fun player to watch. And I haven't studied him yet. He's okay. not a guy I have ri- I have written up yet. So um, you've the, studied more Ben. Uh, I bet I studied ben, and I said I studied Banigu a few weeks ago, um, probably like late December. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching Banigu, there's this other guy, this other defensive line making plays. I'm like, oh, like you know, what's up with this kid? And I knew I knew of Collier. He's worse. I think he wore number nine. And I'm like, well, what's the deal? He's going to the NFLPA game. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll study him at some point. It's uh, I got to focus on Banigu. Literally the next day gets called up to the senior bowl. <laughs> yeah. So, <you laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, I'll get to him at some point. I just never got to him. Yeah. Um, but Collier, to me, was was really, really impressive this week. There we go. So I like it. So Renell Wren will be mine. You take LJ Collier. Yeah. 
from TCU. So that's the defensive line. Linebacker. Linebacker. So this was tough, too. This was another tough one. Um, Tavon Coney from Notre Dame. Sure. Drew Twankle, both the Notre Dame linebackers. Sure, definitely. Had their moments. Um, But player, I think, had a lot to prove this week uh, Mm. coming in. Small school small player. Small school player. Terrell Hanks. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where I'm going to go with this one. Looks apart and just fits, you know, from a coverage standpoint. You want someone's going to fly around instinctive. Um, certainly did not look out of place this week in Mobile. I, I went tranquil. Um, really? Yeah, I went with tranquil. A lot of his plays, like an inside run, like we watched a lot of the 9-on-7s, um, a lot of the plays that he made, like in the backfield, were just free run-throughs, where he just was able to use that athleticism to run through, which is fine. But he was, correct me if I'm wrong, first team Mike for that squad, for the North squad, mm-hmm. was calling all the plays in the huddle, getting guys lined up, doing all that good stuff. Obviously, it was a very impressive kid. You got to speak to him today after yeah. practice. Um, you know, it does a lot, a lot of the, and this is going into more background, not necessarily this week, but great kid, team captain for multiple years. Uh, great special teams player, mm-hmm. has come through adversity, has dealt with some injuries in the past, former safety, made the transition to linebacker, yep. uh, went back to school mainly to get more experience at linebacker. He thought about coming out last year. Um, I, I looked at Tranquil. I, I thought, you know what, this kid looks the part. Uh, to me, he was the most impressive linebacker uh, here this week. I like it. I mean, uh, married and is expecting his first child coming up soon. So. Yes. Things May, that you learn. In May, I believe. Yes, so – um, but like it, so Terrell Hanks and Drew Tranquil from Notre Dame there, your linebacker practice players of the week. I can't wait to hear this one from you. Yeah, on. so we're doing just defensive back. Ah, uh, yes, it is just DB. We're I just doing that. DB. Oh, boy. All right, so okay. we're just doing DB. So first, I'm going to come clean first, okay? And this is not to to disparage Isaiah Johnson of Houston, but I'm going to go with the but. first – First practice of the week, Tuesday's practice. Yep. One-on-one wide receiver DBs was physical, up in guys facing press coverage. He has tremendous length. I was like, this kid looks looks good. Held up well in coverage. Like, everything looked great on Tuesday. We went and watched Wednesday's practice because, again, backstory is rain made it so that media couldn't attend Wednesday's practices. Sure. So we went back and watched the practice, and there were some moments where you're like, ooh, there's definitely definitely some things that he's going to have to clean up. Yep. And then today in practice, those things resurfaced once again. And uh, so you said to yourself, all right, you know, and again, first impression, you know, a lot of traits alike. He's got the size, the physicality. Okay, that's something that teams will work with. But there's a lot of polish. From a technique standpoint, I think there's the, the there's a perfect example of the difference between speed and play speed. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to test very well at the combine. He's mm-hmm. going to run very well, track guy, uh, long. I mean, he's impressive physically. Uh, was my top dog coming into the week? Yeah, uh, I was excited. I'm a, I am excited about his upside. I think there's plenty of potential there. Yes, um, but at times you could see where he was just seeing things a, a click too too slow. Um, was slow to react to things and allow guys to get by him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there, you know, there is a little bit, of li- a little bit of stiffness there when he's asked to change direction. But even on things vertically, where he just had to turn and run, he was just a little bit slow to do so. So, um, yeah, I could, I could see that. 
So that so that, that's just you know I'm coming out being clean because I was touting him on the mock draft yesterday on Tuesday's episode yep. recap episode. So that's big uh, of you. You know it's it's a it's a learning project, but it's it's good to see. It's good to sure. see you know, you can see one thing and then you kind of get a clearer picture as time goes on. So it's why, it's why when you know we get asked questions about oh you know what did you see on it's like I got 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 to go to the film. Yeah, got to go to the tape. So. That being said, now let's get to the practice players yes. of the week. So I have no idea which direction you're going here. In some ways, I don't know what direction I'm. <laughs> 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 That's not true. No, I I have a clear I have a clear cornerback and I have a clear safety. Okay. In mind, but you have to pick the DB. But I'm picking the DB. Okay. So for me, I'm gonna first. I'm gonna explain my safety, who will not be my practice player of the week. It's gonna All be right. Nasir Adderley. Out of Delaware. Okay. And as a Drexel alum, it pains me to have to give that. Of course. Uh, Which is why he's not getting your DBA. No, no, that's not that's not true. <laughs> um, someone who showed the versatility to – you could play corner, could play safety. Did both, yep. Was around the ball, um, you know, career offenses, was in the right place at the right times. Um, so, overall, from th- that standpoint, very impressive. And I, and I felt of all the safeties – and this was a good safety group coming yep, into this week. It was. I felt he, is. he he's the one who shined the most for me among the safety class. Cornerback now, um, going up and down the list, there, there were some, some names to watch here during the week. Um, to me, the top two, I liked Rocky Sin from Temple. Um, but I think someone who was, was a little bit better was tested more this week, and I thought he rose to the challenge, but – you know, like Isaiah Johnson has a lot of the physical traits you'll want, okay? Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky is my practice player of the week for the defensive backs. Um, him, it, what's going to be great for people who go back and, and watch the tape is he and Debo Samuel were having a rivalry out there. I wrote about this in our, our standout piece from today where Debo Samuel is literally like, you know, Reaching out across the line of scrimmage to like you know touch <laughs> to touch Lonnie before uh, you know to kind of get a gauge where he's going to be at before the snap. You, you can tell there was a, a you know you know some trash talking going on yep. there, so they were getting after it. So it's going to be a good test because I think clearly Debo Samuel is an NFL quality wide receiver. But um, while Samuel won his, his share of battles, Johnson at times had good coverage. It would be a good throw that would beat him, and as you've said many times before. Perfect throw is going to be perfect coverage every time. Uh, nearly took someone's head off reading a screen pass. I mean, it got ooze nods from the stands. Yes. It almost killed Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro yes. almost died today at Lab People Stadium. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't see who it was. I just saw the pass go into the flat, and you just saw Lion Johnson blow the play up, and you were just like, yeah. So, one of those moments. So, uh, Lion Johnson. Be my practice player of the week. He was very close to being my corner uh, for practice player. Okay, um, but for I went with his teammate at safety for my safety of the week, who was not my DB of the week. Okay, uh, and that's Mike Edwards. Uh, undersized, they didn't do a lot of run stuff this week, and so he didn't get exposed in an area where I think is his area of weakness, and that is coming downhill to defend the run. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his area of strength, which is playing in coverage, I thought that he did a really nice job. He played in the slot in one-on-ones. He did uh, a little bit of that in team periods as well. Did a nice job of mirroring and matching with receivers at times. Okay. And, uh, made some really impressive plays in the ball. 
Uh, I would agree with you. Rocky Sin, I thought, had some good you – know, talk, you talked about the battle between Lonnie Johnson and Debo today. Mm-hmm. That was Rocky Sin and Debo yesterday. Yep. Um, and we saw in one-on-ones, Debo kind of got the best of them. When they went to team, Rock came back and had a, had a, had a couple nice plays, one against him, one against uh, Anthony Johnson from Buffalo in the middle of the field. So uh, Rock, I thought, had a, had a pretty good week very here good from week, Temple. Yes. Um, there were a couple corners that I thought were very interesting. But the guy that – and this is a Tony Pauline favorite that Tony okay. had mentioned from day one, and I thought today may have been his best day, was Corey Ballantyne from, Wash, from uh, Washburn. Um, was very, very active today. Uh, made a couple plays on the ball, really nice pass breakups along the sideline and one-on-ones. Uh, to me, he was the guy that day in, day out, like he was in that mix as one of the top two corners of the day, either squad. So I'm going to go with him overall for my DB of the week. Interesting you mentioned Mike Edwards because wasn't that who Tony picked for the Eagles in our mock He draft? was. So he there was. you go. So love it. So nice little uh, round. So I'm going to hit you with this one real quick. Okay. Who is your favorite interview of the week? Oh. You have to pick one. You can only pick one. I will probably go, if you're going off the top of head, I think Drew Tranquil, Notre Dame, from uh, today. Your last one. It was uh, – Your second to last Second to last one. Second to last one. I'm trying to think of uh, who else interview-wise – would be in the mix. There, there's some. There if I some, remember right, you liked Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was was a good interview. Um, I like Drew Tranquil's backstory. The effect. Sure. Two ACLs he's overcome. Um, do you know if they're in but one knee or both knees? I do not I forget. I, I do not know. know. Um, for me, Where's it was that? either Colin, Colin Saunders. He was uh, very yes. Was great. He was I, very I, good. I really enjoyed talking with Colin. Uh, but it might be Titus Howard, who we're, uh, we're going to hear from. Oh, what, what a segue. I know. Right there. Let's get into that. So the unofficial visit, Fran Duffy's one-on-one with Titus Howard of Alabama State. The unofficial visit. Here now with Alabama State offensive tackle Titus Howard. And Titus, for fans who have yet to watch you play, give us a quick scouting report of yourself and what you're bringing to the NFL. Uh, one thing I think I bring to the NFL different than any other tackle is my athleticism and how smart I am as a player. Uh, I'm a former quarterback who uh, transitioned to tight end. I got to college and uh, I ended up playing offensive line my red shirt freshman year and I've yeah. been playing since then. I think I just bring a different athletic ability to the NFL as far as many tackles do in this draft this year. And it's interesting because you know you played both left and right throughout the course, even just this season. You stayed on the the blind side of the quarterback. So tell us tell us about what teams have kind of given you in terms of the the feedback that you've played both left and right tackle throughout your career. Yeah, oh yeah, teams love it. Uh, they love the fact that I can. Uh, they love the fact that I can play right tackle and left tackle. You know, that just you know means that I'm versatile. You know. That just means that I'm more valuable to the team. I can, like, somebody else, say if I'm playing a backup right tackle and uh, somebody get hurt, the left guard or left tackle get hurt, I can switch to that position. So that made me more valuable as a player to the team. And talk about your development physically, how you got to Alabama State and really just how your body has developed over the course of the last few years. Oh, yeah, when I first got to Alabama State, I was around 6'3", 230 pounds wow. as a freshman. I was playing tight end at the time, and I came back um, that spring around 235. That was with a new coaching staff. And uh, the coaching staff was like, hey, what you think about playing offensive line? <laughs> I didn't take that too kindly at first, but uh, I ended up, you know, just owning into it. And uh, I worked out each and every day, and I had to eat more than I usually ate. And that sophomore year, 
I ended up getting her up to around 255. Okay. Then uh, the next year after that, around 265, 270. Then my redshirt junior year, I was around 295. And uh, this past season, I paid around 315 and 318. And I weighed in today at 322. So, I mean, it's been a big progression, you know, since I came in, almost 100 pounds, you know, yeah. difference yeah. Uh, from, from high school to uh, starting my NFL career. You've still been able to maintain that athleticism. You know, yes, I watched you against Auburn, and you, you looked like, uh, not that you would expect any different, you look like you belong. You didn't look out of place going up against SEC competition. Is that what you expected coming down here to the Senior Bowl to, to kind of show, you know what, this is the area where I do belong? Yes, sir. I came into the game, you know, with a, a chip on my shoulder. I was challenged by a lot of scouts, you know, to go out there and compete at a high level, and I feel like I lived up to it. And the same goes with uh, with this week, you know, uh, coming from a small school, you know, guys be looked down upon because of the competition we play every week. But I feel like uh, coming down here this week gives me a chance, you know, to prove that I can play with the biggest and the best. And talk about that feedback you've gotten from scouts so far. What's one area where you feel like you want to be able to prove yourself over the next couple of months? Uh, I want to just uh, prove that I can be a nasty, you know, guy who finishes plays. You know, scouts want to see that more. So this week, you know, it's a chance for me to show that, hey, I can do it. Yeah, all right. Well, Titus, best of luck the rest of this week and then the next couple of months through the rest of the draft process. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. So that was our unofficial visit. Fran Duffy going one-on-one with Titus Howard. Now Fran is back again. He's going to be with Tony Pauline from DraftAnalyst.com. It's our pick six. Note, they record this for a feature that's going to be used on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and our social media channels, as well as the Eagles app. Make sure you download that as well. But it's a pick six, six players who help their cause the most. Not the best six players. We kind of went through that with our Correct. practice players of the week. It's the six players who help their draft stock the most this week at the Senior Bowl. Now it's time for pick six. What's up, Eagles fans? Fran Duffy here with Tony Pauline from DraftAnalyst.com. We're here at Lad People Stadium. The week of practice is over at the Senior Bowl. So, Tony, let me present this question to you. We're going to pick the six players who helped themselves the most here during the week of practice. Not the best players, but the guys who helped their stock the most as we get closer and closer to the 2019 NFL Draft. I will pose that to you. Who is the number one player for you that helped their stock the most this week in practice? First, I like Andre Dillard, the left tackle from Washington State. I graded him as a third-rounder coming into the week. There's no doubt in my mind he's an early second-round choice. Could be a late first-rounder to the Eagles. I love this footwork. I love this ability and pass protection. He primarily primarily lined up at left tackle and was able to stop anyone he faced off against. Played some right tackle. Needs to improve his run-blocking strength, but I think he showed the athleticism. Sensational footwork, and he's got great fundamentals. Definitely improved the stock at least a whole round. Yeah, I feel like Andre Diller coming into the week was my number one tackle. Uh, we said that in the preview piece. But another guy I'm going to I'm going to talk about is an offensive tackle from Alabama State and Titus Howard. Has played left tackle and right tackle throughout his career. I thought he was outstanding. I know you were a big fan of his game as well. Showed the athleticism, the strength, the power to move people in the run game. Great kid as well. Had a chance to talk with him on Tuesday morning at media day. I was really impressed with Titus Howard, who I thought showed the complete package here this week. My number two guy would be Arizona State defensive lineman Rennell Wren. We spoke about him in October on the Journey to the Draft podcast, and I said he had been moving up, fa- up draft boards faster than any defensive lineman in the nation. He proved it here. He was absolutely dominant from the, fr- from the first practice on Tuesday, was blowing people away in one-on-ones, was double-teamed. He was still getting push up the pocket, push up the field and collapsing the pocket. Continued that momentum the, the, the uh, Wednesday and Thursday, 
A lot of people thought coming into this week he was more of a fourth, fifth rounder. I'm hearing right now the latest Rennell Wren will go is in the third round. Interesting. Well, I, I really had my eyes on that cornerback group from the South squad. And really, Lonnie Johnson, Isaiah Johnson, Rocky Sin, those three players really were guys I was focused on. And to me, Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky really separated himself. He's got great size, athleticism, very aggressive. He had a big hit in Thursday's practice on wide receiver Hunter Renfro down in the flat. I think you look at Lonnie Johnson as a guy who's got a lot of the physical tools. If he goes to the combine in February and has a strong day, I feel like he could be working into that day two mix. So Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky, big corner, I think really helped himself. One guy who definitely worked himself into the day two of the draft is Terrell Hanks, the outside linebacker from New Mexico yep. State. He was the best linebacker here each day of practice. Very athletic. A three-down player. Not so much a blitzer, but a guy who showed the ability to get great depth on his pass drops. Was one of the was the best linebacker hands, hands down in coverage drills. He's also known as a good run defender. A three-down player that you can use on outside. You can use him third and short to defend the run. You could use him on third and five to cover the pass. Scouts are raving about Terrell Terrell Hanks, he's a guy who probably had fourth-round grades coming into the week. Definitely a top 60, top 75 pick now. Yeah, and one final guy. We saw a bunch of juniors here at the Senior Bowl, a bunch of redshirt juniors who had graduated, so they had their degree. They were eligible. So of that group, the one who really stood out most to me was Penny Hart from Georgia State. Undersized receiver for sure, 5'8", 180 pounds soaking wet. But this guy's got juice. He can work vertically. He's got some suddenness to create separation. Showed the ability to be a crafty route runner throughout the course of the week. I was impressed watching his film from Wednesday's practice indoors. I thought he was really really good that day and in practice inside and I think when you look at Penny Hart he shows the ability to stretch the field which in this receiver class look we have to get through these juniors a lot of juniors declare for the draft but in this senior class I thought he showed the ability to be a vertical threat so Penny Hart a guy to me that really helped himself here this week in Mobile but Tony that'll do it another trip down here to Lad People Stadium and we've got a lot to cover here over the next few weeks before the scouting combine out in Indianapolis for Tony Pauline I'm Fran Duffy thanks for watching our senior bowl coverage here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. Last but not least, we're going to get into your questions in our Draft Mailbag. And uh, what's, what's kind of good is we've kind of gone through some of these already. I'm going to do a quick breeze through all of them here. Sure. Um, but some of these, at least we've already touched on because of the practice players of the week. A lot. That's what a lot of the questions are. Okay. Who was the best at this position, that yeah, position? Give some love to the people who said that's, questions. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. So uh, I haven't seen these yet, so I'm excited to hear. haven't seen these yet. Okay. So uh, this one, at Eagles fan. Actually, you know, I'm going to start with a different one. Let me start with a different one here. Going through here. Uh, you're going to like this one. Oh, boy. I'll get back to the other one. I, I was starting of to read course. the Twitter handle. We'll get to them all. Start off here with at C Steny ten C S T E N N Y ten. Who did the Eagles meet with? Oh. <laughs> oh, C Steny. I hate this question more than any <laughs> question around the NFL draft process. So, and the only reason why is because it is it's a very 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 overplayed topic. Every team is going to meet with every player. Uh, so them meeting with a player isn't like breaking news because that's what, that's what they're here for. Yeah. Uh, you know, I asked Ian Cunningham that uh, when I did my one-on-one with him earlier this week. And he said, I mean, that's – we are literally here to meet with players. Yeah, <laughs> so it's literally exactly. – uh, you know, and if, they're don't, if they don't meet with them here, 
They met with them last week at the Shrine game. They met with them on campus. They, they're meeting with them at the Combine. I mean, they're, they're going to meet with these guys at some point during the pre-draft process, get all the questions answered that they need answered. So, um, you know, to me, those guys meeting with player X or Y or Z isn't any kind of sign of extra interest in a player. Of course, they're interested. Yeah. They're interested in everybody. They're interested in, in 400 players. Um, but to me, it's not a sign of, oh, yeah, like, oh, they, they talked with Isaiah Johnson. That means they're going to take him in the third round. Like, to me, it's a, all right, like, they're, they're checking a box. You're making sure that you talk to him. You found out, uh, you know, what's his birthday. It's not in his bio. You know, hey, you had a knee injury back in, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, what's happened there? How you feeling? Hey, you're, you have a, a, a teammate who declared for the draft. Like, tell me more about him. You know, there, there's – so many t- things get covered in those little quick informal interviews yeah. or the formal ones at night um, that, it, to me, it's a, it's a – I don't want to say it's a non-story, but it's basically a non-story. Yeah, I would probably say there are times when players are like, oh, so-and-so team didn't show any interest leading up to the draft. Maybe they didn't have a formal interview. Maybe you weren't one of the top 30 visits. But maybe it's because you have clean tape, clean background. There's yeah. really – there's no surprise. You know what you're going to get. Or they yep. felt good enough from those campus visits and maybe in an informal interview that they're like, all right, we know the type of player we're getting and we're exactly. comfortable with that. So so that, that's why I wanted to start with that Thank one you. right there. And no was, offense, obviously, to this. No, it was, no, it wasn't. The worst – actually, the worst offense is the reporters who ask this, – this is actually worse, the worst part about it. I literally want to unplug my microphone – Take the pointy end of the microphone and shove it into my eye socket when people uh, ask this question at the combine or here at the Senior Bowl. Now, did you meet with the with the Lions? Did oh, you John Kaminsky, with- did you meet with the Bucks? <laughs> How long did you meet with him for? Did you meet with Jason Light? Did he seem interested? Like, come on, get out of here! Oh, and it, it's just going to get worse with the combine. Oh. That's the problem. It's just going to get worse with like. Everyone tweeting, so-and-so met with the – like they literally have on their credential at the Combine, at least in the past. I don't know if it will be this year. The guy just looks and says, I have, I have my formal with 17 teams, and tonight it's with the – yeah, they're they're going to meet with them at some some point. So to transition, just because I wanted to get you uh, fired up there. Yeah. Uh so at Eagles fan one nine six, okay. You may not know this because you may still have to do some film study. Yeah. So, your comparison for Nasir Adderley. Uh, give me a second. So okay. Adderley is uh, obviously is a very interesting player. We've talked about him a lot. Um, I like him in coverage, playing against the run. A little bit of a concern of mine at this point. Um, I'm just pulling up my notes on him now. And I did not write down a player comparison okay. for Nazir Adderley. Um, but – Do you want to so just go through your your notes from your scouting report? I, I mean, that'll be, a, that'll be a little bit of a long read, but the, the, the clip, uh, I will go through go Cliff Notes. Do people um, know what – do people use those anymore? Cliff Notes? Yeah. The, like the website? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're, I had the books. I'm kind of removed from, from school at this point. Yeah. Probably. All right, so good good enough to play in the NFL for sure, um, but I'm not sure that I saw enough for him to play at a a high-quality starting level. Solid athlete to play in the deep half, uh, can play the ball very well, 
but if the, his ability to effectively defend the run is a little bit of a question mark. There's starting potential there as a free safety in the post, but I see more of a really good complementary player who can play in all their sub package and play on special teams. I do think he sticks in the league for a long time. All right, so there you have it. So not a comp, but you have the scouting report. Yeah. The shorter version, the sure. abridged version. Uh, our good friend of the pod, Sean Wolford, wants to know, you know, I always acknowledge the question because we talked about the running backs already. Who was the best running back in practice? Karan Higdon from Michigan was the uh, practice player of the week for us. Um, let's see who else here. Uh, Eagles fan 196 asked about Jonathan Abram. He was injured, so he did not practice this week. Um, I do have a comp for Jonathan Abram. Okay. I wrote down a cross between Justin Evans and Armani Watts to a pair of two Texas A&M safeties. And uh, both those guys were very good in the post, explosive athletes downhill. They were very aggressive uh, attacking and running the alley as well. Needed to get things a little bit improved in terms of their t- you know, finishing one-on-one as a tackler, but were both, or both those guys were very explosive. Kind of if you Abram. Okay, you know, Lance Yearline from NFL.com does the player comp for like every, oh, every God guy. God bless him. And, but he will just throw out names that are like, like reserve offensive linemen. You know, for an AFC team that like I don't <laughs> know anything about. And he's just like, who? Like, yep. Like what? It's not easy. And I'm like, is it? It's just. <laughs> is he just like picking a name? Like, all right, I need a random offensive lineman. Let me just. Say this guy. So, um, let's see. At White 11D, um, I wonder if he's down here in Mobile because he asked about Andre Dillard. We've oh. talked about already, but he, as he thought, he had a great week of practice. So, yeah. I mean, we, you and I both D. thought White, D. White thought he had a good week of practice, not Andre of Dillard. Of course. Uh, you and I both had him in consideration for offensive lineman of the week. Of course. Uh, finished top three for both of us, I would venture to guess. Yeah. Um, Dillard is a really good player. I, I think he's going to go in the top, certainly top 75 mm-hmm. in my mind. Could be as high as, you know, I mean, late 20s, mid 20s. Um, could be in the early part of the second round. I, I think he's going to be an early day two pick, would be my guess for Andre Dillard. Okay. Uh, let's see. At Chet974, wanted to ask about the linebacker stands out from the week. Yeah, we we talked about hit on that. Yep, we talked about Tranquil, uh, talked about Terrell Hanks. Hanks. Sure. Uh, let's see. What do you think of uh, from Arkansas Greenlaw? You know, I um, I thought he was okay, and yeah. I, I watched Greenlaw a, a few weeks back, um, right when he had accepted his invite. And I thought he was a solid player, not not a not a future starter in the NFL, but mm-hmm. at a, but a guy who could stick. Okay. Uh, let's see at underscore met b2000 could andre dillard be a potential fit for the eagles um obviously talked a lot about dillard already do you i guess that's one the one question about him coming into the week was because he played in wazoo and that offense with the different different pass sets did you have any concerns do you have any concern about him moving forward or did this week kind of qualm uh, those concerns. I want to further watch the the run stuff from this week and then also see him in the game. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, underscore Matt B2000 with a couple other ones here. Okay. Thoughts on Jalen Jelks this week? 
I know you're a big this week. I thought he, I thought he was solid. I want to, I want to continue. I wasn't, that was the line group that you watched more of. Yes. Um, so I want to continue to go back and watch more film from how he did this week. But he, the, the, what I had seen on tape, I thought, I thought he was fine. Yeah. Not great. Not, not great, but not, uh, not bad either. Just just no, it didn't, you know, didn't stand out. Didn't move the needle. Yeah. One way or the other this week. So, uh, also wants to know, Matt B. 2000, could Rockison be a potential first round pick? Probably not. I don't. I don't think first round pick. No. I think probably if you're looking ceiling, um, I talked with the guys over at Owl Scoop, our friend Graham Foley. Oh, well, uh, well, uh, shout out to uh, intern uh, seasonal. That's right, alumnus um, Graham Foley. Uh, on Wednesday in the rain, or while it was pouring out, uh, you stood in the rain to do the. Uh, I didn't stand in the rain, but okay. the rain was right behind me as uh, I was standing in front of a big window, um, and they asked me about Rocky Sin, and, and the more I thought about it. He kind of reminds me of Razul coming out in in certain ways, okay. Razul Douglas, because, and just in terms of this, he's a big corner. He's got good length. He's a really good tackler. Very physical player. Um, questionable speed, the but flashes really really good ball skills. So if you're like just looking yeah. at it like a strengths weaknesses kind of thing, like I think there are some similarities there. Yeah. Uh, Razul's a little taller. That's probably a little bit the, taller. That's that's probably the taller. one thing. But. Yeah, I could certainly understand. Kind of, you know, same, part, same, so. similar kind of player from yeah. that standpoint. I think, uh, I think Rock, you're, at, you're probably looking like late day two at best, mm. but probably more like you know early mid day three. And Russell was a third round pick, so right. that would actually exactly. make make sense. I I also like that with the name like Rock, you gotta be physical, and he he's definitely that's physical. that's yep. that. And when you look at Russell and where he probably improved the most this season, he really helped down the stretch because he helped on the edge in the run game. Uh, let's see. Uh, at C Stenny ten once again. Uh, answers in Debo Samuel possibly. I mean, certainly. I think that there would be ways I to think utilize everybody him. Here is. What's that? I think everybody here is. Yeah, I think everybody's interested in him. So, uh, and last last one here. It's uh, the best defensive tackle today. This is from today. Matt. At MW underscore Welch. So I'm trying to go back to my. Yep, I'm looking real quick. Standouts uh, for D tackle specifically. Let's see. I don't know if I include any. Oh, Renell Wren made made my. Did he make mine today? I thought he made mine today. As I'm going, yes. He made my he made my uh, standouts for for today for. The North team practice. I'm trying to see if there's anyone on the South side who might have been in consideration there as well from D tackle. Well, there wasn't anyone who really. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look at the film. Yeah. For that one. No, no one live. No one live really stood yeah. out. Yeah. So, like I said, Ren was my one of my uh, players of the day for the North team overall. So. I'll and Ren, it. I mean. And Ren was good. You know, all week. All across the board. So, uh, I believe that's going to be it, Fran. Our last podcast from a hotel room for a few more weeks. Just a couple weeks, though. It's not like that far away. It's not. It's scary. Indy's almost here. Indy's almost here. I have like I, I have, what, 132 underclassmen to watch before then? Oh, man. It's all. So, I'm actually taking the week off next week. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be nice because, you know, during the day I'll just be home. 
going to be just trying to learn as much as you and me both possible. So, yeah, that'll be so at least I won't be in the office. So y'all can't watched, be bothering me by anything else. It's I like, have watched some underclassmen so far, though. Yeah, I, watched, I, I know. I, you, watched, I know you're not completely. Like, I watched Devin White. Yeah. The linebacker from LSU. There's no way he lasted 25. He's he's really good. Who was this good? This was Devin White from LSU, the no, linebacker. Yeah. He's I've seen Eagles fans on Twitter like any chance, and he's like, no. like ridiculously explosive and powerful and violent, and like he's, he's <laughs> you're like really starting good. to drool. So he so he reminds me a lot of like you know Deion Jones, Levante okay. David, like short fast flow like response to like very first movement so you can get in with like misdirection and stuff but man that kid could run and he can just like destroy people outside the numbers like it's gonna be so good interesting jumping into the underclassmen seeing what we've seen this week from the senior bowl and then going now to watch the underclassmen it's like is it gonna be just like night and day is it gonna be like that dramatic it seems like it's i mean Every year, a lot of underclassmen come out this year more than ever. Um, I'm not saying – I guess I'm not saying all – Of course. Board, so it's not like it's, it's not like the first 130 guys drafted are going to be yeah. underclassmen. But, um, first 125. Yeah. No, it, it's – we'll see. It's a, it is a good senior class. I mean, there's good – I mean, I know a bunch of the good, those top players pulled out late, um, you know, for this game, like Josh yeah. Allen and those guys. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's been a good ride. It's been great. It's been a great trip. So that's going to do it for us here from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Again, make sure to download. The fun is just beginning, and we've got a lot more to come leading up to the 2019 NFL Draft. For Brian Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. You've been listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. We'll be back next week from Philadelphia.